money, mindset, and mimosas. Well, I'll be the first to admit that I only really like talking about two of these things. When I started my photography business, I dreaded and avoided money conversations like the plague. Clients would ask me what my rates were, and I'd change the subject really quick by asking a question like, well, what's your budget? But just because we don't like talking about something certainly doesn't make it any less essential to our success. If you're like me, the word money makes you want to drive your head deep into a sandbox until the discussion passes. I'm not really sure how I became so weird about money talk, but entrepreneurship has definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone there. And for today's guest, Kina Newell, she hears it from her clients all the time. The truth is, so many of us avoid talking about it and addressing it head on. And as a result, we are sacrificing our success, our ability to set goals, our ability to get clarity on our finances, our ability to confidently make business decisions, and our ability to grow. It's a pretty big trade-off that is definitely not worth taking, if you ask me. So let's get comfy getting uncomfy so that we can talk about the tough stuff here today. Because as William Brenner Jr. once said, we must meet the challenge rather than wish it were not before us. So if numbers, finances, and money make you skittish, lean in. If numbers, finances, and money are one of your favorite topics, well, you're going to like this episode. No matter who you are, at the end of this episode, you will be one giant step closer to getting your money house in order. Are you ready for that? Okay, let's do it. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Kina. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you about all things finances today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. So why don't we start with the most foundational question? How did you come to be the amazing finances spokeswoman that you are today? Personal experience, what they say, like, right, that's life's best teacher. So I was in a ton of student loan debt graduating from college. I actually have a major in finances and in management. However, I became a teacher. I like to say God has a sense of humor. (laughs) In teaching, if anyone is a teacher, especially in the States, teachers don't make a lot of money, but I had a ton of debt and had to get really serious with my finances in order to like achieve the goals that I desired and came to a point where after being a teacher and I was a vice principal, asking myself the question of like, what am I passionate about? What is my purpose? And it was in education and also like thinking about if I could make money or if money was no object, I would just do like financial stuff and not just financial stuff because there's financial advising. There's so many different wings of that, but being able to really dive in and help people like understand finances in a way that seems very personalized to them because finances and money is something that's scary for other people. 
I can totally relate to that. And I was just thinking about the irony of you being a grade school teacher because it's one of those things, and I'll speak for myself as an entrepreneur, throughout grade school, that's just something that, I don't know, did we graze over the topic of finances? Because I don't remember learning how to be strategic with my finances until I was out of university and into the real world and now learning how to become an entrepreneur. And I really knew nothing. People were showing me how to make spreadsheets and things like that. So I'm guessing that your experience is probably unique in the sense that you're in a grade school situation and realizing we're not teaching kids anything about finances. Yeah. And you know, it's like, I don't think as a teacher, I really thought, and I was a math teacher, I never thought about, let me teach my kids about finances. I did want them to have a strong number sense. But yeah, it is absent from our schools. And I think that when, I don't know what the threshold is, I guess like once you get your own personal sense of money and you hold a belief about whether or not you're managing it well or not managing it well, There's a lot of like embarrassment that comes with that because you feel like you should know what to do, especially when you're in these social circles where people seemingly know what's going on. And so I think like that's where we start to be like, oh, this is something that I should know, but I don't know. But really, there's like a big banner that's like blinking that's like, it's okay not to understand because you haven't had the information, especially not in entrepreneurship, because money moves completely different than it does when you are being paid by a corporation or a business. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And I think one may be a little more complicated than the other, but I can absolutely relate to your situation because I was a university student for seven years and student loans were lovely at that time because it was just money in, paid my tuition, came out of nowhere. I was 20 years old. Everything seemed great. And then when I finished school and the bills started to roll in, that's when things got really scary. And can you talk a little bit about your own personal experience with that? Yeah. I mean, when I took out student loans, first, I didn't think anybody would give me money if I couldn't pay it back, right? Like it just logically, you wouldn't give me $75,000 worth of money like in loans if I couldn't actually pay it back. And I remember when I got like whatever the payments, you know, like, hey, your student loans are getting ready to be in repayment. And looking at like the bills and being like, how am I supposed to pay this and do all the other things that society is telling me to do? Like, you want me to save for retirement, buy a home, like all this stuff and be able to like enjoy being in your 20s and travel with your friends, like whatever that looks like. And also, like, I actually was mad at my parents, too. I'm a first generation college student. And I was like, mom and dad, you let me take out all this money. And they didn't know either. So there was definitely like just a lot of, I would say, overwhelm there. And I had to like really ground myself in just being like, let me not try to tackle this entire like mountain of debt. Let me just take it like a month at a time. And I think that's where for me, it created like a sense of calm and ease where like I wasn't like, yes, there was a marker to pay off the debt, but I didn't have to stop everything else in order to do that. Oh, hey, popping in here for a quick sec. Do you ever think about starting your own podcast, but you worry that the sound quality might hold you back? Well, don't let that be the culprit. I want to let you in on a little secret. So lean in. East Coast Studio. East Coast Studio is the reason that this podcast sounds so amazing and they will take care of all your sound editing needs so that you can focus on the fun stuff. 
The experts at East Coast Studio will ensure your podcast is the highest possible quality to reflect well on you and your brand and to deliver the best possible listening experience to your audience. East Coast Studio is a proudly Atlantic Canadian business, and today they're offering 25% off of your first audio editing service. Just email info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you. It doesn't get much more Atlantic Canadian than that. That's info at eastcoaststudio.ca and tell them Kelly sent you for 25% off of your first sound editing service today. I remember you reminded me of a comedian I once heard talking about student loan debt and how the government institutions are willing to take a bet on 19, 20-year-olds to the tune of $75,000. And I just remember him saying like, that seems like a good investment, but it really is in a sense a bit of a high-risk investment because in a sense, this money is being given to people who aren't really sure what they're getting themselves into. And I'm sure there are probably occasions where people really struggle to pay it back and potentially ruin their personal credit ratings and things like that. And I'm wondering, do you have any experience with working with folks who maybe found themselves in a bit of a pickle? Oh, all the time. Because student loan debt is so overwhelming, people avoid it because they don't feel like it's something that they're ever going to pay off. So they may adopt a mentality where it's like, I'll just give them a little bit to kind of keep them hush. (laughs) But I'm not by any means going to pay off my debt aggressively or even make the full payment, but I'm just going to do enough. And so I've worked with people that are behind in their student loan debt payments, or they've put them into forbearance, or they have like the income-based repayment plans, whatever it is, but they're trying to figure out like, what is the solution? Because I don't know what to do with the debt. And everybody also has a threshold for what's a lot of debt. And so I work with people that may come to me and they're like, I have $20,000 worth of student loan debt and it's super stressful. I've worked with people that have had $300,000 worth of student loan debt and it's really stressful. So it doesn't even matter how much money it is because we all, like I said, have that different threshold for what is seemingly a lot. Yeah. And I think in the case of our listeners, it could be student debt, but it also might be just regular bank debt or business loans and that kind of thing, money that they've taken to get their business started or to give themselves a little boost. And in COVID times, our Canadian government was giving out loans fairly liberally, I'll say. So I'm sure that there's listeners that have taken on new debt in 2020 to kind of fill the gap during COVID. So I know that people now in 2021 are going to be looking at debt and thinking about it a little more actively than maybe they were before. So that brings me to my next question. And that is, what are some things that people can do if they're feeling a bit anxious about their financial situation or things that they can do to improve it, even if they're not feeling anxious about their financial situation? I mean, for me, it all comes down to knowing your numbers and having a spending plan, whether that's with your business finances or with your personal finances. And when I say a spending plan, I mean a budget. So you need to actually assess like what do the numbers say? Because you have to get out of the world of like living in like the theoretical, like, oh, I think it's about this much, or maybe this is how much I make, or this is how much I spend, but really taking time out. Like you do have to disregard, especially if you feel really overwhelmed, like acknowledge, okay, this actually might take a little bit more out of me than I desire. But being able, even if you break it up into 15 minute sprints over the week, 
and sitting down and actually writing out like, what is a list of all of your expenses? When you're in business as well, getting really clear on like, what's your revenue? And like being able to look at the last year, what was happening with your revenue so you can chart a course forward because you can't change your financial situation if you don't know where you're actually starting from. Absolutely. And I think too, there's probably a lot of uncertainty coming in to 2021 with revenue because everything's been kind of shaken up a little bit and we're not really sure where things are going to land. There's businesses who are either struggling and then there's businesses who are like, wow, I did not see the success of 2020 coming. So what do you have to say to folks who are maybe a little uncertain with what's coming in in 2021? Goes back to knowing your numbers, right? Like you don't know how to adjust if you are just living on like autopilot when it comes to managing your finances. And so when I was just talking about like analyzing like what's happening with your revenue, I tell people all the time, like when you look at your revenue, like being able to write it all down, if you start in January of 2020 to December of 2020 and see like what is the average amount of money that you're actually bringing in every single month. That average number you can then make decisions on for 2020. So it may be higher or lower than you expected, but then you can start to make some decisions on, do I need to cut back on my expenses? Can I still afford to pay myself the same amount? Can I hire someone? But knowing your numbers, getting a clear picture on like what that average revenue is will allow you to be intentional with how you decide to spend money in your business. Also, like what your revenue goals may be from month to month. I feel like people arbitrarily set numbers, like because they want a five figure month, because that's the sexy thing you see on the internet. (laughs) But It's like, is that right for you and your business? Or is that just something that you are following the trend of others? And so you've decided to make that your goal as well. Yeah, I think logically your revenue goals should be based on something that's achievable and maybe a little bit on top of that. So if you're looking at your month from the year before, well, maybe you can say, okay, my revenue goal for this month is 20% more or something like that, or maybe 20% more from the month before, but it needs to be based on something. You can't just pull five figures out of the sky if that's nowhere near what you've been earning in the past or on the flip side, maybe that's selling yourself really short. I guess the point is to put the blinders on and kind of stay in your lane and focus on what makes sense for your own business. Well, yeah, it makes sense for your own business, but also your life, right? Because like you're in business to make sure that you can seemingly have a great personal life as well. (laughs) In addition to like whatever it is that your business provides for others. And so yeah, that all needs to be factored in and whether you want to do percentage or just being really clear on whatever goal I set, how am I going to make that like a no brainer to achieve and work towards that continually every single day. So I'm wondering now what recommendations you might have or what tips and advice you might have for entrepreneurs who have a pretty good sense of how to manage their day-to-day cash flow, but they're not really getting ahead. Yeah. So going back to knowing how much you make on average per month, I'm telling you, I like have these foundational pieces. It all goes back (laughs) to the same thing. One thing that I see people doing that I think is a misstep is that you base your decisions in the moment. So this month I made $12,000 and you spend it without thinking about what's coming ahead. And so if you are an entrepreneur that has like this consistent revenue in your business, it's pretty predictable. Putting in some systems where you can actually start saving 
I always recommend that you have like three months of compensation minimally saved within your business, three months of business expenses saved within your business. And one of the ways that you can do that is by taking a percentage of what you make every single month and putting it into a separate bucket. So I generally subscribe to like 20 to 30% of whatever you make should be put into an account that you just use for your business expenses. You may decide that like 50% of what you make is put into your like compensation account. So how much you just desire to pay yourself and then creating another account that you can use solely for like investments, whether it be 5% of your income, having another account that is also going to be you saving for taxes, which I would say like consult with your accountant. But it could be anywhere from like 15 to 25% that you need to set aside. And then you can also have another account that you like are just saving a smaller percentage for savings. So really bucketing your money. And if you are following along with what I'm saying right now, the reason that I want you to have like an average number that you operate off of is because when your months are higher or lower than that, but you're taking a percentage of whatever you're bringing in revenue wise, you will automatically be building reserves because you won't be just responding to how much money you made in that month. So if you were operating off of generally, I make about $8,000 a month, but you have a $10,000 month, an $11,000 month or a $12,000 month, you'll be putting in extra money into those buckets to make sure that you're taken care of financially, but making decisions from a sound place of what you bring in average. I need to tell you about my most downloaded free resource. If you're looking to elevate your business or brand photos using your smartphone or any other photo taking device, I don't want you to miss out on this. The results people are getting from this guide are crazy. Some say I should be charging actual money for it. But for now, I don't want to do that because I want everyone to get the beautiful photography results that they deserve. No more blurry, dark, dull, yellowish, shadowy, embarrassing photos for you, my friend. It's so much easier to get a beautiful photo than you probably think. Simply visit kellylawson.ca slash free guide to download your free photography guide and start taking better photos for your business today. That's kellylawson.ca slash free guide. I can't wait to see your photos sparkle. I have to ask the question because I love automating anything I can automate in my business. Is there a way to automate this system or this process? Or is it something that you recommend an entrepreneur manually do so that they're touching their finances every month? Your money's language is quality time. So I want you to touch it. (laughs) (laughs) And you can do it like whether you decide to have like a money date once a month or you have a money date like twice a month, just sitting down and having those consistent times where you are actually updating your numbers. Because if you are just looking to automate everything, you're not actually looking to see like if your numbers actually make sense. So I think automation can be great. However, right? Like what are you looking at? Did somebody charge you more than you were supposed to be charged? Or did you collect all of your payments that you were supposed to collect? And like, how do you make decisions about what you want to do moving forward if you're noticing new trends with your finances? Yeah, I suppose it's a good idea to have your finger on the pulse. There's people in the world who are like me and absolutely do not like anything to do with finances at all. I like to know how much money I can spend and that's about it. But see, no, you have to wear a different hat, right? And so one of my clients, he's like, you taught me how to like 
be both an employee and an employer in my business. And so I'm seeing this as like me managing my finances makes me like my CFO in my business. And yes, similar to what you're saying, he would love to just go spend everything (laughs) and just know, right? Like how much can I run with and spend? But he's really shifted how he like thinks about money. And because of that, like having your pulse on what's happening with your numbers allows you to generate more income because you're more conscious of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it just makes so much sense. It's just one of those things, those of us that don't like doing it, we do want to stick our head in the sand and hope for the best. And if it all goes well, it'll work out just fine. But I wanted to just ask a clarifying question because I know we tossed around like a lot of percentages, like save 50% here, aim for 20% growth and all of these things. So like generally speaking... What would you say a person could expect to have as like income based on their gross revenue percentage wise? You mean in terms of being able to pay themselves? Yeah. So it really depends because the first thing that I think the goal should be to aim that you're not spending more than like 30% of what you bring in month to month, right? But what you have to do before you actually like stick that number on something is actually see where you are right now. Because some business owners, especially depending on where they are, they're like reinvesting every single dollar in their business. But that's why I say like get clear, actually look at what you're spending each month and being able to see like what percentage is that of like how much I'm bringing in on average. So if you realize that you bring in on average $8,000, but you realize your expenses are about $4,000 a month, Well, you're spending 50% of what you make. So one of the things you need to go through and actually look at your expenses to actually lower the percentage that you're spending is say like, okay, of the expenses I have, what can I keep? What do I want to revisit? And what can I cancel? So you need to actually do some type of like a spending plan audit to get your expenses down. Yeah, I mean, it sounds a little bit like a closet audit. In the spring, you haul everything out of the closet and you make piles. You make your keep pile, you make your let's talk about this one pile. And you're so it's the same thing for your finances. I love it. I love it. So you talked a little bit about investing with your business finances. You said around 5%. And I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit more about, I guess, the notion of investing. Mm -hmm. I think about programs that you want to invest in. I think about like if you are looking to invest in a coach or you don't even know what you want to invest in in your business, right? But you know that there's going to be some opportunity that comes up this year and you want to be able to say yes to that opportunity without going into more debt. And so setting aside a percentage of what you're earning month to month will allow you to have that flexibility to make decisions about what you desire to invest in. Oh, I see. So it's more like personal investment. I was wondering if it was like investing in... Like retirement? Yeah, or equity or I don't know, stocks or something like that. (laughs) No, I mean like making investments into your business instead of like you just buy whatever because you think it's the silver bullet to whatever that next goal is in your business. Right. So, okay, let's say that the year 2020 really changed the landscape of someone's business for 
the worse in some sad cases or for the better in some amazing cases. How do you recommend entrepreneurs kind of move forward with this one year's worth of kind of new information? We aren't really sure what's going to happen in 2021, how soon we'll kind of clean up the pandemic, how long that'll take. What do you recommend for entrepreneurs kind of heading into this year with a little bit of uncertainty? I feel like this is a business coaching question or something <laughs> on the news. I think it's really like assessing what worked in what the last nine months of your business, figuring out what worked, figure out what didn't work and what do you actually want to do differently as you go into 2021. So I think we all know this, but you like have to be able to respond to your clients and your customers. And so thinking about in the first quarter, just getting really clear on what are your first 90 days of 2021 going to look like using the information that you have on your business because like you are the expert in your business. So for some of us, I think that's going to be being really uncomfortable. For others, that's going to mean actually there's nothing wrong. You've been doing the right thing. So sustain what you've been doing in the last nine months and keep it going. If you are a business owner that's applying for some like government assistance in the form of a loan, just also I would say incorporating being really clear on how are you going to invest that money in a way that hopefully brings you back a return on investment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just be smart about it. (laughs) I love it. So... I need to ask now my favorite question. It's the send-off question. And I'm wondering, what do you recommend? What's the one thing that listeners can do today to kind of get one step closer to, I guess, financial success or freedom or even something as simple as just reducing their anxiety around the finances in their business? So I feel like I've talked about it over and over again. (laughs) My number one go-to is like create a spending plan for your business and It is going to guide you and like what you need to do in terms of your revenue, how much you can afford to pay yourself and getting you set up to pay taxes and also invest in your business. Because I always say that like a dollar is not a dollar when you're in business for yourself. So you have to be able to look at those numbers with a different set of eyes because money is different when it flows to you as a business owner. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Kina, thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom and expertise today. How can people get in touch with you? So you can find me on Instagram at WealthOverNow or you can find me online at WealthOverNow.com. Amazing. We'll be sure to link both of those in the show notes. And I appreciate you and your time so much. I don't love talking about finances, but I loved chatting (laughs) with you so much today. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Talking about money is not easy. I get it. It's something I struggled with and continue to work on in my own business for sure. I'd love to tell you that you can build a thriving business by avoiding these conversations, but I would totally be doing you a disservice because these discussions are not only really important, but they're quite frankly unavoidable and essential to your success. I am so grateful that Kina joined us today for some enlightenment and some solid strategies for embracing the money of things in business. For more information about today's episode, including how to get in touch with Kina, please visit the show notes at kellylawson.ca slash 048. And until next week, Workshop Warriors, keep those money audits and money conversations flowing. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.